See brown in your face. Have you heard of everything at once? Do you know about everything at once? It's internationally known. Aliens listen to it. It's the best. This ain't a regular podcast or daily news, so stay in tune. It's everything at once, the place for you. Various interviews of different perspectives from the Erie Collective to deliver a message, yeah. Whether a rapper or an event planner, baller, photographer, poet, or freestyle dancer, it's here. Forget the politics that's on the FM. Tony and Dave, you already know where to catch him. So much going on in the EPA. Everything at once will keep you up today. Amazing guests. What you doing? Come through and hang with Tony and Dave. Community driven. Bringing everything at once from around the way. Everything at once from around the way. Hey. Please listen. We love you. <laughs> everything at once. Everything at once. We are so excited to bring another amazing episode of Everything at Once to you today, folks. We want to start off this broadcast with a special thanks to our Patreon producers, Brian G., Josh W., Ian D., Nick G., and Sadie M. Patreon is an awesome way to support the show and say thanks. You can become a Patreon supporter by clicking the link below and choosing to be an intern, assistant, or producer level supporter. That's right. For the low cost of $5, you can become an intern level supporter. We also want to shout out all the local businesses that sponsored this episode. These businesses get the Everything at Once stamp of approval and are critical members of the Everything at Once community. We couldn't do without them. We would first like to thank AFB Services. Much like this show, they do a little bit of everything, everything at, at once. once. <laughs> AFB Services specializes in landscape and property maintenance needs. This means they can take care of all your lawn care needs. Everything from reseeding yards, flower bed clean out, tree work, edging, and other miscellaneous maintenance needs. Check out their website at AFBServicesLLC.com or give Aaron a call at 814 814- Five two eight seven four six four. Give them a call. We would also like to thank friends of the show, Cauldron and Thorn. Cauldron and Thorn is the world's largest witchcraft store, offering a conglomerate of crystals, books, ceremonial supplies, incense, herbs, and oracle and tarot cards and self-care items. It's a real grocery store for the soul, located just west of the Colony Plaza on West 8th Street. Cauldron and Thorn is open seven days a week or 24 hours online at cauldronandthorn.com. We would like to welcome our second new sponsor, Solid State Construction. Solid State takes pride in all home remodeling projects. That's correct, Dave. Solid State specializes in bathroom remodeling, kitchen renovations, window and door installations, custom design work, and more, including painting, flooring, drywall, siding, and decks. Get a free quote today by calling Nick at 814-397-7854. Solid people, solid product, Solid State Construction. And we also want to thank our latest sponsor, Tommy's Automotive. Tommy's Automotive can take care of everything car-related. Tommy's Automotive is a reliable, trustworthy service provider. That's right. Tommy's Automotive can take care of brakes, exhaust, fluid changes, spark plugs, and all other maintenance needs. Tommy's Automotive also does fluid film undercoating. Book your appointment today. Call Tommy at 814-384-8088. 
Today in the studio, we have NFL Saints superfan, podcaster, and sports enthusiast, Michael Balco. Michael Balco. He has an incredible story about how he took his fandom for the New Orleans Saints and turned it into a, a successful content creation and a podcasting career. It's great stuff. We had an awesome time hanging out here with him in the studio, and we hope you guys enjoy it as well. We know you will. Michael Balco, thank you for joining us here in the studio. Everything at once studios. Yes, sir. Thank you. We are super happy to have you here. Likewise. Happy to be here. Mike is a local Erie podcaster focusing on NFL and NFL-related stories, events, sports, all that stuff. We're looking forward to talk a little bit of football for you and hear about uh, where you came from, how you got into this whole mess. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Get into it. When did you you start playing sports? Um, So I started playing sports... Let's see. I was I was a young I was a youngster out there. Um, I played like a year or two of t-ball. Realized that was not not good for me, nor was it good for my teammates. I think I hit like one home run and I ran the wrong way around. Oh the no! <laughs> Inside the park, though, that kid? we had the wheels though. Let me tell you. <laughs> we had the wheels. Dropping fly balls, picking grass, the whole nine. Out right. There. It's <laughs> they, tough. They put me in right field because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. But the right field kid always is. I feel like supposed to pick dandelions and yeah. grass. Like that's part For of sure. the right field job. For mm-hmm. sure. You can make sure that the the field is maintained. You, you got to. It's the cleanest part of the field. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Once you hit the infield, that's when. You you know, it means business. You're actually like a You're star actually, player on yeah. the team. Or the coach's kid. Or yeah, the coach's, or the coach's, kid. coach's yeah, kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my mom used to bring water and snacks to all of my like little league games. Oh, you so definitely that, started on the infield. Exactly. I played second base. There you go. <laughs> See, there we go. There we go. You got to have some sort of perks in there to play. Exactly. Without a doubt. But yeah, so that's how my sports career started. Uh, down down south, down in Georgia, I feel like everybody plays T-ball at some some point in life if you live down south. It's a rite uh, of passage. Right, exactly. And then um, I really kind of stopped playing sports. I mean, I, I wrestled. Um, at one point, I was actually the number eight wrestler as at the age of like 10 years old in the entire state of Georgia. Wow. That's pretty serious. Uh, yeah, it was part of Team Extreme Wrestling. Team um, Extreme. <laughs> I know, it was crazy. <laughs> we, we took that shit serious back then. And uh, I was the number eight wrestler in the state of Georgia at the age of 10. Um, stopped wrestling for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, I moved up to Seattle, Washington, following the passing of my grandmother, who I lived with at the time. Um, and then I started doing non-contact sports. My aunt and uncle were like anti-contact sports. Mm. So that's when I got into like the, the distance running. So I did cross country, track and field. I flirted with tennis. That was not great either. <laughs> um, but mostly I was just running. So that was my forte was distance running. Um, I still hold a middle school record at Twin Falls Middle School for the fastest mile time. It was like a little <laughs> over six minutes. I think it was like 6.05 or something like that. That's pretty good. That's still standing. Good. Still standing. For middle school, that's like pretty impressive. Yeah. I if was, I, can, if I, I can do a 10-minute mile, I'm like super pumped about no, it. Oh, I can't do a 10-minute <laughs> mile. <laughs> it's all been downhill from there. Right. You know? It's all been downhill. I can't, I can't run a 12-minute a mile now. It's crazy. Um, so then uh, after that, I decided to come out here to beautiful Erie, Pennsylvania. Whoop, whoop. And um, that's when I started playing contact sports and uh, played three years of football. Um, one year was a strong Vincent, two years with Mercyhurst Prep. Um, and then I played, I rounded out my high school career with a year of soccer. Um, hmm. I played at Erie First Christian Academy for soccer and uh, 
yeah, we won the championship and went out on top. And that was the end of my sports career, kind of. Um, later on, my senior year, as I was going out of high school, I played one year of semi-pro football. Um, and then from there, I just dabbled in flag football a little bit. Um, which Erie has some really good flag football players. I don't know if you guys have ever played in any of those leagues or seen them around, but uh, Q Sports League and a few other leagues around here, they got some competitive flag football leagues. And I never what? even seen – I didn't know there was flag football. I thought we just had, like, tons of softball teams. That's all I ever see people yeah. talking about. We, we have did. softball, men's basketball, like, flag football. Soccer. We got, we got it all. Soccer. We have it all out here. It's crazy. When I was in uh, high school, we I went to a collegiate academy, so we did the intramural sports back-to-back undefeated flag football champions love me some tidbits uh (laughs) for any of the the other tidbit players listening i still remember you know (laughs) flag football glory is part of my uh history as well (laughs) we love it dude we love it absolutely and what do you think was like during this time were you like watching a lot of sports or like invested in like professional sports Mm -hmm. i mean obviously you're a journalist now so when did like the the emphasis shift for you from like playing sports to like consuming them and writing about them gideon <laughs> uh, she's, she's our uh production oh, manager production sorry manager she makes sure we're doing a good job shout out shout out gideon thank you <laughs> um yeah i think so the entire time i've like my entire life i have loved football like football has always been my initial attraction um and then i've always loved baseball basketball i love all sports in general um and actually when i lived in washington funny story um i was not allowed to like follow football or you weren't even allowed to watch it wasn't allowed to do anything wow it was crazy i was not even allowed to like love the idea of potentially playing football enjoy the sport anything like that because it was just so aggressive and my aunt and uncle were just not about it mm-hmm. um so what i would do is when they would leave for work i would like literally go in and get the newspapers and cut out like all the clippings ah, from the sports section nice. and hide it at the bottom of the newspapers so i was literally digging through trash and like i had like composition notebooks just loaded with like newspaper <laughs> clippings and that's so dedication right there yeah for so real. i arguably knew sports better than like the average fans who were watching it on tv did um like I knew the stats of every player. I knew mm. every player there was to know, and I didn't even know what they looked like. Like it was crazy. Um, and so that's, I mean, it, that's just how it started. I've always had a genuine love and passion for like the stati- statistics side of sports. Um, and yeah, so I've just always kind of followed it. And um, at some point in there, I just, I loved the uniforms for the New Orleans Saints, and they just kind of been my team um, since I was probably about eight or nine and i just kind of rolled with them the whole time and that's just been my nfl squad and i've just followed the nfl as a whole and then when i came out here to erie obviously i was able to start watching it Mm -hmm. um and and able to put all that together and that's when i was like all right i'm gonna do something with this you know i don't know what i want to do with it i can't play to save my life like you know i had six concussions in the span of four football seasons and that was that's a lot yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's enough for me so um I was just like, you know what? I need to figure out a way to be involved in this sport some way or another. Um, and the way I did that was by creating an Instagram account called Saints Highlights. You know, I uh, tapped into my Saints fandom, created an Instagram account, and it blew up like almost overnight. I remember it was a uh, CJ Spiller overtime Saints victory against the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I posted a picture that I, like a quick little graphic that I think ESPN posted. And I just stole it, screenshotted it, and posted it on my account that I just made. Um, I ended up getting like two or 3,000 followers overnight. That's incredible, and, wow. dude. And then I just rolled with it from there, and I was posting highlights of all the games, every single game, and 
players started posting it on their stories and all that stuff and it just started growing and I was able to like work with really big brands and create a bit of a um, just a brand of myself really and mm -hmm. um, does that Instagram still exist it does still exist I don't own it anymore though um, it does still exist though it's called Saints Highlights still um, I'll go into the whole story with it yeah um, what, what happened yeah so I grew it um, to the point where it eventually had 36,000 followers. Wow, that's um, a lot. Yeah, and I <laughs> along that span, I had worked with like really big brands like um, Carhartt. I worked with, um, they actually, you know how like people have those Carhartt NFL hats? Mm -hmm. I got the very first ever Saints one. They oh, sent me sweet. six different hats. and um, That's so they, cool. They asked me to like take a picture and post it, and that was the first one to ever have one. How um, old were you at that time? uh 17 that's fucking wow. that's yeah. so sick that's yeah amazing. very impressive dude I worked with budweiser whenever they were unleashing like their barbecue sauces that they had mm -hmm. um, i was the first one to ever get a budweiser barbecue <laughs> sauce um i shouldn't have used it i should have just kept it but i used it and i was the first one to ever have one or at least one of the first ones mm -hmm. um I'm trying to think of some other really cool brands I've worked with, but along the way, I've just worked with some sick brands, um, sports betting agencies, stuff like that too. Um, and it just grew to 36,000 followers. And then, um, you know, I met my wife and, you know, we were looking on how to pay for our wedding. And I was like, shit, I got this Instagram account sitting here. Let's just use that. And I sold it for, uh, like three or four thousand dollars and hell yeah and then paid for my wedding with it awesome. so it was sick that, that's awesome dude that's really cool um very impressive you're like a social media expert much better at it than i am probably <laughs> and me yeah, yeah. They, they grow <laughs> from like like i we're barely break we're not even to like 200 i think on instagram on yet. instagram no on we're, we're killing it on facebook kind of kind of there we we, we had a little sleight of hand to help yeah out we, had, there. we had our buddy uh give us the old podcast that i was on that doesn't exist anymore that page so we kind of combined uh, gotcha. them so we're, we're looking a little strong on facebook but it's a lot of organic and natural growth too but that's really impressive yeah. to grow up to thirty six thousand, dude it was it was a bit of luck and a lot of you know dedication is really what social media is and i wish i was as dedicated as i used to be i'm really dedicated and strong on twitter right now and that's why i'm having so much success on twitter mm -hmm. um, i wish i was as dedicated as on instagram and tiktok you know um because those are the biggest areas of growth in social media right now um especially if you're posting reels and, and if you're staying consistent on tiktok like the sky's the limit in terms of your growth right um and i wish i was more consistent i've done well on tiktok but i just consistency is so hard and yeah i know what you mean i'm lucky that we're like lucky that we post like once a week when our show comes out and that's yeah. that's about it unless we have some other big stuff going on we're just old people when i mean tony did it at first and i've i've taken this part over for the most part like when we do our big posts every week it's just like an hour and it's just like texting back and forth i'm like i hate social media so much <laughs> like why won't any of this work for me and it's probably just because i'm turning into an old man i think so yeah same i mean it, it's it's difficult to make sure that you get like all the right tags and all the appropriate hashtags and everything yeah. else and have it line up if you're posting to like multiple sources and everything it's definitely like a a part of the job that's very important in like podcasting yeah. or any sort of like social media promotion it's tedious at times though like you really have to love it man and you know podcasting you know like all you really want to do is get your voice out there and share your story or share whoever you're talking to and you want to get it out there but 
Man, I think the only time I don't enjoy posting on social media is after a podcast because you sit here and you, you do everything and you talk for like an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is. Um, and then you like edit it and you upload it and you put it everywhere. And then you got to make a social media post and you got to right. put effort into it. And you got to make, make the graphics. got to make the graphics. It's just, that's when social media is tedious. Um, but man, I, I love it. I, I love Twitter so much. I think, you know, Twitter for me at least, um, I have the pre-Elon blue check, so it's a lot, it's a lot Ooh, more fun go. for me. Um, but for me, I, I love being able to connect with, like, the athletes that I'm, like, tweeting about. And, like, a lot of times I'll get retweets and likes and stuff like that. So That's real cool. Twitter is pretty fun for me overall. Um, but, yeah, I love, I love social media. I love just seeing how, you know, the trends kind of, you know, evolve and form. And I don't know, man. For some reason... Twitter is just my knack. I just know how to grow on Twitter. I yeah. don't know why, but no, it, it it's works. very cool and very impressive. We don't even have like a everything at once Twitter. I think I might have changed the name of my Twitter to everything at once, and it's just sits there and doesn't do a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> it's hard. Maybe it's not hard. Maybe we're just using it improperly. But I feel like Twitter is a great way to reach a national audience and build national interest, whereas our stories are not really of interest to. A large audience other than yeah. people here in Erie you know what I mean yeah no I feel it It definitely is more designed for a, a national audience and I think that's why I've been featured on as much as I've been featured on is sure. because of that um, yeah and, and in the same retrospect right I can't even get a podcast sponsorship in Erie but like I'm out here being featured on all that's crazy stuff. dude we have sponsors I know it's wild bro <laughs> I can't get one I was with Donato's for a couple years and They've been doing some budget cuts, so they cut me. Um, but, yeah, I've been trying to get more and more. And, you know, my podcast is a special niche because um, I interview athletes with the intention of getting them to share their stories of how they overcome adversity and, you know, get them to open up and share that in a very conversational format. It's mm -hmm. not like traditional media where, you know, they're twisting things to get clicks and yeah. clickbait. Like, I, I could give less of a damn if I get... 800 listens on an episode or if i get eight you know yeah mm -hmm. um i just want to get the story out there because that one listener you know it's going to affect somebody yeah um, and change change everything for them and that's that's what i strive to do and you would think you would think advertisers would want to hop on that but. i'm really surprised they don't well see that's the thing about having a national audience you know what i mean it's hard to reach out to local people i think Whereas we're a local podcast with local people on it, and they are interested in advertising with us. Because, like, our consumer is all locally based, you know what I mean? Yeah. We may reach only however many people, but all those people are right here in Erie for the local businesses to, to get to, which is really cool. Um, that's, that's rough, dude. I really can't believe that. It's okay. It, it's okay. I, I believe in you. Yeah, anyway. It'll 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 work out the way it's going yeah, to. Dude. We've been going strong since 2020, so... Eventually. Two years, three years, three years. Yeah, started almost. on four twenty. Yeah, we did. Yep. <laughs> four twenty of twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, it was wild. So my wife and I were just sitting there, and I had a super. At the time, I was just doing Instagram live Q and A's on the Saints highlights account, and um, my wife was like, "We need a better format for this shit. Like, for real, why are you sitting here just doing Instagram live Q and A's, and then you would try to save the video after, and you have to like screen record on mm -hmm. some third party like screen recording app, mm -hmm. and it was just grimy as hell and it was all <laughs> choppy. Like, I was getting huge names on the Instagram lives, like Michael Thomas at one point. Oh, wow, and, like." 
It was crazy. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. So I was getting like big names on those and I had no proof of it. And I'm just like, this is dumb. And so um, I had actually had a um, like a Q&A lined up with NFL Hall of Famer Morton Anderson. And I was like, this cannot be another Instagram live. Like, we've got to figure something out. And um, my wife was like, just start a podcast. And I was like nervous about it because, you know, I've always wanted to start one. But mm-hmm. like, I'm. I got nervous because of the commitment it is, right? Like, yeah. the average podcast life is, like, eight episodes, you know? Oof. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it feels like, you know, if you don't stay consistent with it and you announce this one big thing and you fizzle out, it's just like, oh, now you're a disappointment. It's hard to relaunch and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you just have to be consistent with it, and that was what I was worried about. Um, but I very quickly realized that, like, with the following I already had on Instagram and – the amount of connections that I've already made, I realized it would be a pretty smooth transition for me. Right. Not for everybody, but for me, I figured it'd be a pretty smooth one. Um, and so we did it. My wife helped me set everything up. I was not tech savvy at all. Still not very, I've learned some of the stuff now, but I'm not tech savvy at all. And she just, she helped me start it all up and interviewed Morton Anderson for my debut episode. And, uh, the rest is history. And now we're over a hundred episodes and yeah, going strong. That's it's awesome. incredible, dude. And were you scared of, like, what was this part that was scary about being consistent was, like, finding more guests? Yeah, because especially with my with what my podcast is about. It's just, like, what do I do if nobody wants to join anymore? You right. Know? Like, how yeah. do I continue to keep people interested and, in, you know, getting them on my show? Like, will it be the same? Because my plan all along of having my Instagram was to sell it one day. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very informative in the Instagram selling market. Like, social media, people were buying them, mm-hmm. um, especially, like, pretty big like um third party sites of like espn and sports illustrated and whatever just like their branch sites were like all buying popular instagram accounts at the time and that's Mm -hmm. who i ended up selling mine to was like a third party pretty relatively big following account group whatever um and so i was i was informative of that and i was like thinking long term i'm like okay well like if i sell this you know will i still get guests on my show right um but the thing that ended up being the deciding factor for me was, you know, kind of what we talked about before we hit record today was, you know, getting getting the college guys on who are just looking to have people listen to their story regardless. Yeah. Um, like whenever you're going into the draft, like you just want to do as much media press as you possibly sure. can, especially ones that are going to shine light on your story and, and how you've overcome odds mm-hmm. um, because they post that stuff and they send it out to teams. And so that's how I started getting the following. Um, I would interview the guys going up into the NFL draft. I think the first year I started my podcast was the, biggest year I had in terms of listeners as well as um as well as just overall draft prospects going into the draft um Alex Highsmith from the Pittsburgh Steelers is one of the notable guys from that draft class but um yeah and that's just kind of how it started and then those guys know guys and you know all of that and then you know once yeah. you hit once you hit about the 10 episode mark in like sports podcasting if you're interviewing people you can typically get to 20 relatively easily just off of like this person knowing a guy, this person right. knowing mm-hmm. a guy, and then you just continue to grow and grow. I think that's so that's such a huge service probably for a lot of these guys that may not be getting a ton of press coverage or interviews because especially like lately you see NFL players that may not be um, or have the right like IT 
like uh what is it attitude or the right like mindset to be an nfl player and to handle that kind of fame or stardom or press or money or whatever it is and by allowing these people to shine a light on where they came from and how they got to where they're at and how they interact in a you know professional setting a professional interview setting i think it gives the prospective coaches and like talent scouts and stuff a better idea of like who they are getting into so i can imagine they probably are pretty interested when you hit them up like do you just like cold call them or like message them on twitter i slide in the dms man. yeah boy especially uh, twitter for me is pretty big because like i mentioned i have the blue check so like they're gonna see it like instantly it just automatically pops to the top of your like message requests Mm -hmm. um so for me twitter has been where i've gotten most of my people instagram in the early going was was my easiest one because when you have thirty six thousand followers on your account it's people see that and they're like oh this is official yeah yeah so for me i've just been kind of lucky you know like if you're starting a brand new podcast and your whole intention is to do what i'm doing it's going to be difficult like i won't lie um just because you're going to be less inclined because they're going to look at it as what's in it for me you know Mm -hmm. and that's just the selfishness of you know, anybody yeah, i want to people don't want to waste their time yeah exactly and so like you know if you only have 100 followers on instagram and you're trying to hit up you know like some starting quarterback in the nfl it's just not gonna happen no chance no. it doesn't even happen for me yet you know um someday though someday maybe oh yeah you we'll get see. you get my boy uh Derek carr maybe get him on the show maybe. you know we got jim mcmahon um former chicago yeah. bears legendary quarterback so that was cool and geno smith actually hopped in my what? last interview with uh dj fluker oh man um, i was interviewing dj fluker and um who was a former number 11 overall draft pick back in 2013 and uh geno smith like kind of just hopped in real quick and hit me with a peace sign said what's up so that was cool um yeah probably that was actually probably one of my favorite moments of like live recording ever so that was that was that was pretty sick but but yeah i think it definitely helps you know having a bit of a following or at least having a very good pitch so i guess to to directly answer the question um literally i just go in and i say exactly what my podcast is about i introduce myself and i say hey you know my name is mike i've been featured on this this and this um you know, I've interviewed so, so, and so, um, I typically click, that's where I clickbait, right? The three biggest names I've interviewed. Right. I say Morton Anderson, Alex Highsmith, and I say Jim McMahon. Um, cause those are the three biggest, most notable Everybody's names. Everybody's going to know that. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, you know, I'll kind of proceed to say like my podcast is all about, you know, motivating the listeners and the youth of our country to chase their dreams, um, by hearing it from their favorite athletes, um, and hearing it from those who have done it and are now at the pinnacle of their, their sports careers. Um, and how can they say no to that? (laughs) Typically (laughs) typically they're on board or sometimes they'll be very brutally honest with me. Like Jim, Jim Everest is a prime example of that. Um, we both follow each other on Twitter. He was in the NFL for years. Um, and I hit him up one day and I was like, Hey man, like, you know, we've been following each other for a while and we would message each other too, like back and forth. And I was just like, Hey man, I'd love to get you on my show. And he was like, I appreciate it, man. But with the way my career went, I don't know if I'd be much of an example. And mm-hmm. he had like a pretty rocky off the field history in his NFL he, career. He, fl- so. he flipped the uh, table on Jim yeah. Rome. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jim Rome kind of was asking yeah. for it, but yeah, a little bit of a temper. <laughs> yeah. So he was just honest with me. He said, I don't think, you know, I'm the right guy for this. And sometimes that happens, but you know, I, I appreciate the honesty from people and it's cool. So for sure. Who are some of your inspirations in the sports world as far as sportscasters go? 
Um, in terms of sports casters, um, I'm a big Pat Pat McAfee guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh-huh. I, I love Pat McAfee, and I was actually fortunate enough to be um, have one of my tweets featured on his show um, once. That was like one of the pinnacles of my career too. Um, Pat McAfee is probably my one of one. Like I listen to him every single day, mm-hmm. um, and then I, I like Jim Rome a lot. <laughs> so does Jim Everest. Um, let's see. And then I, I think just athlete wise, I think is where most of my inspiration comes from. Yeah. Um, I was a lifelong like Tim Tebow guy, Drew Brees. Like those are my dudes. Um, and I got to meet Tim Tebow when he came to Erie playing baseball. He's actually a bit of an asshole to me. You guys don't oh, hear that story? Boo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell let's us about it, Mister. <laughs> Mister. Like can a, do no wrong, Tim Tebow. <laughs> right. So. All right, it's a good story. So I was uh, the bat boy for the Erie Seawolves for several years, um, amongst other jobs with them as well. But I was working for the Erie Seawolves, and the Binghamton Rumble Ponies were coming to town, and Tim Tebow was on the AA New York Mets baseball team. Um, him, along with Pete Alonzo, Jeff McNeil, and a bunch of other big-name New York Mets players right now, um, but they all came to town, and everybody else was super nice to me. Pete Alonzo is still probably one of the coolest athletes I've ever met to this day. Um, but I was the bat boy, and I was carrying the balls from – because whenever you're riding solo as the bat boy, you have to, like, play both sides, and you're always on the hitting side. Um, so I was taking the balls, like the big old things of balls from the Seawolves dugout to the Binghamton dugout, and uh, Tim Tebow was, like, in the uh, – in the dugout just kind of like getting ready he was on he wasn't on deck but he was like in the hole you know Mm -hmm. so like the third person batting that inning um and i like bumped into him on accident and he was like hey watch where you're going and i'm just like bro what like (laughs) i was like i was like nervous i was like oh my bad right before that game he did a whole like damn make-a-wish thing in the dugout and like all the press was there doing like a whole make-a-wish thing and same dude an hour and a half later i bumped into him and he like stern looked at me you know how like when someone's serious and he just like yeah you know jeez but it was like scary and then after the game he like you know hit me on the ass and was like you're all good kid my bad whatever but it was crazy that was my first experience meeting tim tebow and that was i mean he was my all-time favorite athlete until that moment and then it became drew Brees. i I guess (laughs) that's why they say don't meet your heroes right they just let you down every time bro that's why i don't want to meet dwayne the rock johnson (laughs) i love it right I feel like he wouldn't be impossible to like let me down even just seeing him. Even if he was an asshole to me, I'd still have like a certain level of respect for The Rock, just because I can I, I can smell what he's cooking. You I heard know Adam I mean? Sandler's an asshole. Yeah, yeah. I've I've the the biggest celebrity I've ever met in person, and he's dead. Was uh, Ted Kennedy. What? <laughs> uh, the, the, like John Kennedy's brother, JFK. Oh gotcha. He was like a senator for a real long time. But he he when uh, Barack Obama was. Running for president the first time, uh, Ted Kennedy came to Barron to do like a little like you know promotion or whatever, and I got to meet him very briefly and like woo you know <laughs> yeah I don't know that I've ever really met anybody that I would consider like famous or like well known enough to be famous. Maybe someday we'll have somebody on the podcast. I also met Jose Canseco when I was a kid, okay. and he was a super cool. D- well, that's the thing. He was a super cool dude, as nice as can be. I talked to him for like a long period of time, and you know his his. Rep- reputation has since tarnished a little bit yes it has. it has so with your show you're trying to like reach the youth and like people in general and try to motivate and inspire them like what 
do you find to be like inspiring about like participating in sports and growing up? Like, do you feel like that has taught you any life lessons through, that you bring to the table in your podcast? Yeah. So what I find inspiring is like you know people who grow up in the you know, unfortunate circumstances one way or another, or they have to deal with adversity at a young age, you know, and, and that's what happened to me. I mean, when I was, when I was growing up, I lived down in Georgia and, uh, my mom was on drugs. I didn't ever had a dad really in my life. And my grandma who I was living with passed away from breast cancer. So I was then forced to move all the way across the country to a whole different place. I mean, Seattle is way different than Georgia for sure. The damn deep south you know (laughs) um so i go there and then everything is just crazy in seattle you know um raining all the time depressing it's like number one in the united states for suicide rates especially under the age of 18 like it's crazy that's and not good yeah and i mean it's just wild and then um so you know i like to talk to guys who have had similar backgrounds and you know had to overcome adversity or maybe they grew up in a place where it just wasn't very good you know mm-hmm. um and i mean eerie right now unfortunately is kind of one of those places for our youth right now um and so i i really you know want to connect with the city of erie most importantly and then if if a larger audience hears it then fantastic but i really want to connect with erie as a whole and um you know let them know that they're not in this thing by themselves you know um and i think you know everybody who's who's from erie and i i consider myself to be from erie um you know i think they all do the same thing like we see james connor come back every year and do yeah. a football camp over at mcdowell and we see javon johnson um who was a long time cfl all-star one of the best canadian football league players of all time who's from erie he now coaches up at northeast with the same mindset as me um you know we see it all the time with like former erie athletes come back and they do you know camps and clinics and give back to the community and i want to do something similar um now obviously i don't have that same following or that same skill set that they do Um, But I try to do it with my voice and and I try to do it on a more regular basis. Um, And I want to be, you know, that that podcast that people know that's going to inspire you, Um, whether you want to be inspired or not. You know, maybe if you stumble upon one of my episodes and you don't usually listen to it and it might be the one you just need to hear. You know, Um, I'm a firm believer in that, you know, things are that that are meant to be will will be, you know. And I think if you know, if you ever listen to one of my shows, you know, um, I think you're going to be inspired one way or another because, Typically, you know, occasionally I'll get episodes that are like not very inspiring because it's just like giraffe guys who just want to like boost themselves up a little bit. And mm-hmm. It'll just be more bland, but like 99% of my episodes are like, you know, due to, you know, have attempted to like kill themselves or like due to have like, you know, seen their family members get killed in front of them or like things that are that you could just not even imagine that right. makes your own personal story seem like nothing, you know? Um, and then they, they still are out here going for their dream job in the NFL or, you know, what, whatever they're go- doing in life, you know, they're going for it. And they're, they didn't let any of that adversity they, they dealt with at a young age, you know, stop them from doing so. Um, and, you know, I've tried to keep that mindset in my life. And I'm very often reminded that my life isn't bad at all. Yeah. Um, and that's what I want everybody else to feel. I think, they listen. I think that uh, that's such a huge uh 
support side of things with people that that gets overlooked. Uh, obviously, you have to be a world class athlete to play in the NFL, and you have to be just like so physically demanding on yourself. But so many of these people also come from all that adversity. It's really incredible, like the amount of like hard work and persistence that it takes to be great. Yeah, you know, and in, in sports or in anything in life, you know, uh, I, th- I think people see like the NFL players or like the NBA players or any kind of like athlete on the screen and they're like oh that must be nice their life's easy get right. to play a they, sport for they were millions naturally of dollars blessed. yeah oh i Gifted. wish i wish i could get paid 1.8 million dollars to play a game but like how much stuff like so many of these people have to go through and like survive live in like you know like low socioeconomic areas like watching people get murdered drugs all that stuff and like to be able to rise from that and, and make themselves it's important stories yeah. to tell and not only that but like i think what a lot of people don't realize just common fans you know and it's no no disrespect to the common fan you know but like these dudes are just people you know and and a lot of times they're being asked and without a choice really you know you are in that top 0.01% of athletes, right? And you are getting paid, but you're getting paid because your entire life up to that point has been been football, has been grinding, has been a routine, has been having to cut relationships out of your life. Like a lot of these dudes, they, they don't know what true happiness is, whether it's because they haven't found a significant other. Maybe it's because they don't know what their purpose is outside of playing the only sport that they've ever played. You don't have a strong family. So now you're going through that adversity and all you have is football. So then boom, that same guy tears his ACL. What do you do then? You know, oh my God, you yeah. stare, you stare at your future. You're sitting there for a year on your ass and you don't know what you're going to do next. And, um, you're just like, what do I do? You know? And like, that's why we see so many former players turn into coaches or they turn into analysts because they don't know what else to do. You know, football has been their entire life. Sports in general has been their entire life and they just don't know what to do at that point. And so you could argue, um, that these guys, almost have it as a disservice to be in the NFL because you're you're getting messed up all the time like you're going to retire at maximum if you're really good 40 you know um, you're not going to play past 40 you unless, know, unless you're Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. yeah unless you're Tom Brady or a damn kicker or a punter you know you're not going to play much longer than that um, you know and then you're going to you know you're going to you're sure you're going to have made quite a bit of money but still it's just like okay but like now you're 40, you know, all your friends that you grew up with are married. They have their own kids. They have their own families. What's more important, you know? Um, and then you, you're 40 years old. Your life is almost gone. And you your know, body you, hurts. Your body hurts all the time. You know, CTEs are real thing. Concussions. Mm-hmm. Like how many undiagnosed concussions have you had as an NFL player? I guarantee you're over 20 plus for mm-hmm. sure. Without a doubt. And if I, I honestly, I think NFL players probably get a concussion a game. Oh yeah. With these big, huge, you know, monster athletes just crashing into each other at full speed. So as much fun as it is to like sit here and watch football. And I mean, I'm guilty of it too. And, you know, especially when you're in the heat of the moment, your team's trying to get a game one and drive going and, you know, Super Bowl, maybe you're placing some parlays, whatever the case is, you know, it's tough to remember that there's people, but yeah. I forget it sometimes too. But I think that's that's another reason why I really try to you know share the stories of guys. I want to put, I want to remind people that you know they are people, you know. And so, I mean, I love the guys who 
who still make it a emphasis to go out and meet people and have a plan and you know the guys who retire early in their in their careers like Andrew Luck like um, Chris Borland a few years back from the 49ers he was a linebacker um, retired after one really good year in the NFL um, you know those guys who who know what they want to do with their futures and stuff like that and have it planned out like that's great um, but they're not all like that unfortunately you know what just real quick you know what um I would be interested in to hear from a player because this happens more and more often. You were like, uh, you know, they're just human beings too. You know what happens a lot now, especially on Twitter, is with gambling being so prevalent, people lose money on games and player props and they just at the shit mm-hmm. out of these players. They do. You know, and I would be lying if I said that I've never done it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It happens. I've done it too back in my early days for sure. Right. Back before, I was definitely not supposed to be gambling, but definitely feeding other people who were allowed to gamble money for sure. So ha- having this podcast and listening to all these inspirational people, how, how what does that af- what kind of effect is that, has, has that had on you? Wow, if I could say words. Yeah. <laughs> I, I live my life extremely blessed and happy every single day, truthfully. Um, I work up at Sinai Sports. I'm the general manager up there over on West 15th Street, and I get to have a an impact every single day in the community and help kids reach their goals every single day. Um, and, you know, I'm married to the love of my life. We have our first baby coming on June. Whoop, whoop. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yes. June. Thank That's you. amazing. Thank you. Um, and I just have a really, really strong, you know, family life. You know, my wife's family is absolutely incredible. Um, and, you know, I'm at a point in my life where, like, I hear all these stories and, you know, I'm constantly reminded that life is, is really fucking good, man, you know, and it could definitely be far worse. Um, and I mean, yeah, I've gone through a lot of shit in my life and I will be the first one to openly admit that. Um, and I still go through shit sometimes, you know, um, but, you know, I, I want to be an inspiration for others, just like others have been an inspiration to me. And, you know, so far, I mean, I've been getting I get messages frequently, not all the time anymore, but frequently that, you know, one podcast meant a lot to somebody, mm. you know, and, and that's what I do it for. Um, I don't make anything off my podcast. It's literally just my way of saying thank you, Erie, you know, thank you to to the listeners and, you know, and it's just my way of being blessed to still be here talking about it, honestly. It's a good time, too. It's yeah. a much better hobby than what this table was for before it turned into a podcast <laughs> table. Yeah. Depending on how hot you were running that yeah, night. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the, we, we got the table and all the stuff, so uh, it wasn't that bad. But there were definitely some, some off nights. Hurt feelings. Hurt feelings. <laughs> guns drawn. No. <laughs> no, no guns drawn. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's cool, though. I mean, fellowship is fellowship, however way you have to do it, you right. know. But there's certainly... There's certainly some good avenues. Um, ain't nothing wrong with a little gambling. It's yeah. all good. It's a good time. It and and uh, we do not support minors gambling. No. Don't do it, kids. Yeah, stay. Wait till do, you're 18 when you it's want. safe and stay legal. Want. Stay in those mines. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, those kind of minors. Yeah. yeah. No, children, you mean. No, okay. no children. Yeah. Everybody yeah. else. Oh, okay. you're a free adult. <laughs> do your thing. I thought you meant like coal miners. Mm. No. They can no the coal miners? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're allowed to do what they want to. They work hard down the, the mines. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> cool. So where? Uh, what's your college team? College team, Florida State. 
If Florida I had to is that the Gators? Seminoles. No. I make myself sound real stupid right here, real quick. Seminoles. Florida Gators. I just like to do the <laughs> the Gators. I feel you. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. No, if I had to, if I had to affiliate with a college team, it's Florida State. But I kind of, I'm more of a player guy. Yeah. Um, I don't really watch too much college football. Um, I usually try to keep Saturdays for the fam. Um, Sundays, I, I, it's like, listen, would you rather? My wife lays down the law, right? Would you rather watch college football all day on Saturday or NFL on Sunday? And I'm taking the NFL every single time. So. Absolutely. Smart man. She she watches it with me. She gets into it. But if I had to pick a college team, I'm taking Florida State. Um, but like I said, I'm more of a, uh, a player guy. I like to find those stories that are really interesting and, you know, shoot my shot trying to get them on. I get rejected a lot or just not even answered. But it's all part of it. But, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, man, like I just love – I love players and I love their stories. Um so that's what I really try to follow in college. Is there any reoccurring themes that you hear amongst the players that you interview? Um, damn, that's a really good question. Oh, you got me. Uh, let me see. Yeah, kind of. Um, I mean, everyone has a little bit of a different story, but sure. I think, you know, a lot of the guys I talk to, you know, their biggest piece of advice is always just continue to work, work your ass off, really, is that that's usually their, their biggest piece of advice. And then um, one common hardship, I'd say, for I think about 80 percent of, of my listeners is just like um, or the guys I talk to, at right. least, um, is, you know, injury setbacks or, you know, some sort of early adversity, whether it's the loss of a someone close to them or, you know, an injury where we kind of what we talked about earlier, guys, it's just like, you know, you, you play a sport your whole life and then you get a lot of them like they don't suffer a serious because they're just so damn athletic, right? They mm-hmm. don't suffer a serious injury until like their sophomore or junior year of college. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they're like having to make decisions on their future, you know, and they're like, oh, dang, I got one year left of college. I don't know if I'll be the same because I just ripped my Achilles in half and what do I do you know and so that's usually their biggest piece of adversity is like how do they overcome you know that serious injury how did they you know keep their mental right how did who did they turn to for that you know um, a lot of them turn to their faith um, a lot of them turn to their family um, whatever it is you know um, but they found their way through it and that's, that's typically the message I try to hammer home is just right. no matter what you're going through stay strong Turn on, turn to somebody you can trust. If you don't have anybody you trust, man, you know, if you're a man of faith, talk to the big man upstairs. Um, You know, do what you got to do, but yeah, stay strong out there. I couldn't even imagine being on like the cusp of like a million dollar career in college and taking and having that taken away through a an injury or a hit or something like that. Like mm-hmm. the mental anguish and trauma that goes on, like that would go on in my head would be. I, I couldn't I don't think I've ever faced anything really like that before maybe but to not to that like degree you know what I mean we all feel the same yeah. feelings as human beings you know sadness happiness anger um and uh the circumstances just tend to differ and I think that like what you do and what these people are sharing are are talking about these emotions and these different human struggles but they but for a lot of us the circumstances are the only different part you know what I mean we felt Mm -hmm. depressed we felt scared we felt lonely we felt whatever it is and uh showing people that they're able to move through it especially when it's like such a high degree of risk you know what I mean? Like, yeah. do I continue to pursue this and put my body at risk or my life at risk? Or do I give up and try to have a family or do 
am I even going to be able to like compete anymore in what I thought was going to be like this amazing life changing opportunity as long as I could keep my head down, keep working hard for the next year or two and then make it and get a get picked in the draft. Yeah. And then like that's like every little boy's dream, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then the craziest part is, is like, you know, you have that great career and, you know, something bad happens to you. Maybe you have some late life adversity. Right. And then it's all amplified Mm -hmm. because you're of how good at sports you are. So like, you know, like a prime example is due to are with somebody through their college career and then maybe they get divorced in in the NFL and everyone's like, oh, damn, you're going through a divorce. they, They make fun of you for it. But like. Bro, that's like one of the most traumatizing things right. for somebody. That was ever. like your yeah. rock, your grind, yeah. your fucking roll dog all yeah. through college and then or you whatever. Get clowned for it, and it's just like, uh-huh. dude, that would be so difficult because, like, for the normal person, right? You go through it and it sucks, and you know, you, you get through it eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's also not as super public all over no. Twitter exactly. with everybody like looking at your shit and. Exactly. You just explained. The last year of Tom Brady's life. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, look at this dumbass. He unretired and now, like, his supermodel wife's leaving him and there's new posts every day about, like, mm-hmm. his divorce. And then they're like, why is he playing so bad? Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously. <yeah. laughs> Might have some other things going on upstairs right now. Yeah. And people only have, like, so much capacity for, like, anything. You know what I mean? There's just yeah. a certain limit that the brain is capable of for any person, especially in, like, a highly stressed traumatic time you know what i mean and with with sports it's so interesting too because like as fans we're all fans you know and like so you're not only playing for yourself and and your competitive spirit and chasing the rings you're putting whole fandoms on your back especially um if you're like a quarterback or something you know especially quarterbacks but all players you know so not only do you have to play for yourself like you're lifting the spirits of mil- literally millions of Americans yeah, every time you go out week. on the field. Yeah. If you drop a pass, oh my gosh. Like, you get like shit on, man. <laughs> like, for every single thing you do, man. Like, imagine if you like, if you're working a cash register at a family dollar and you accidentally like cash somebody out and you don't give them the right change or something, you know? Like, imagine, like, that's just your job, right? And you, the only person who might yell at you is your boss, right? Or maybe the person in front of you, but like, that's it. Yeah. Like, if you drop a pass in the NFL and it's you know in a, especially in a pivotal moment like you're getting shit on by millions of people <laughs> and this is like a simple mistake in your job right and people just I don't think people think about it that way but like it's true it's crazy I think that like that kind of reaction and stuff like at that point like you have to have like some sort of system in place to like insulate yourself like you shut your phone off or you turn off all yeah. the notifications or you do something you just put that away but like at the same time me as like a uh as a person would like want to see that you know what i mean and part of me would like kind of want to use that as motivation but at the same time it's like how much can you take when your phone literally will not stop reacting and making the twitter chirp or whatever you know whatever is going on so early in my like reporting career um you know i was i was like you know, you guys know what Adam Schefter does, right? Like, mm-hmm. he tries to go out there and break news. And I was doing that for a little bit. You know, I worked for a company called NFL Analysis Network. Um, they were, like, directly affiliated with the NFL and had um, good connections and stuff. So I was doing pretty good. I had, like, my first four. I nailed them. Um, and then, like, I, I tweeted one that was wrong, right? And then the whole world was letting me know because at that point I'd garnered a little bit of a reputation for, like, okay, this kid knows what he's doing kind of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then – um, you know, I tweeted one out and it was wrong and the world let me hear it. And it was similar to kind of like, you know, dropping a pass in the NFL, right? It's just like my phone's going crazy. They're t- telling me, they're 
literally DMing me death threat. Like at <laughs> oh, first, I was just like, yo, this is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And like I did, I just turned my phone off and it would like literally affect my actual mood. And I'm just like, yo, hold the fuck up. Like, this, this is dumb. And then like, you know, I kept going and persevered through it, whatever. And then like by the end of like three weeks of it, I was like, all right, this is just dumb. It like, like didn't cool. stop for three weeks? Yeah, like it, it, I still get it. I oh, still wild. get it. Yeah. Oh my god! I, I still get DMs to this day. Like, and I mean, I have continued like my reporting career. I don't do it as much because I, I don't recommend it like at all. Like, especially if you have any sort of like mental health issues. If you're in the sports industry and you want to get into sports reporting, I don't recommend it because Twitter is ruthless. They do not give a fuck about what they will <laughs> tell you at all, and like with zero repercussions because we know who owns Twitter, and that guy's a dingleberry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk, shout out. Um, but no, he like, listens to this show sometimes. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at after the podcast and realize my Twitter account's deactivated. Oh, we're, we're gonna get online tomorrow and on Facebook, it'll just be like you have one new follower, and it'll be Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. Be like, well, that's good for us, but oh, all of his bots were trolling and listening for for this once it comes out. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but no, it definitely is crazy. So I mean, not saying I can relate because I don't have millions of followers, but um, if that if I've ever had a little tiny sample of what that could be like, that's what it is. And I mean, it was still like upwards of like eight to ten thousand people like still giving it to me. Like I mean, that's I, a lot. Dude. I'm blo- I don't even think I can go to the city of New Orleans. Like it was a Saints report. So like I had, that's sad, yeah, dude. That's your squad. Yeah, I caught wind from a anonymous source that the Saints were interested in potentially trading for Carson Wentz. It was the year that uh, um, he, Carson Wentz ended up like tearing his ACL, winning a Super Bowl as the backup. Big Dick Nick Foles. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's clutched it. Clutched right. it for the Philadelphia Eagles. And, um, you know, there were, like, trade swirling rumors and stuff. And I, I caught wind that, you know, the Saints may have been interested in Carson Wentz. And I was very much wrong. Mm-hmm. That tweet ended up on, like, ESPN, Sports Illustrated, all of it. Um, I was featured in, like, 50 different, like, professional-ass articles. Um, and whenever it was wrong and Carson went, like, literally – the Eagles, like head coach, I think at the time it was Chip Kelly, literally came to the podium and was saying, "Nah, that guy's full of shit." Like literally, like, oh, they asked no. about like the rumors of Carson being <laughs> traded, and then they were just like denied everything. That's when it went downhill for your boy. Oh, uh, so like I literally had upwards of like ten thousand people like tweeting that Balco's a bum. I was trending on Twitter because of just people <laughs> shitting on me. It was crazy. Wow. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's my little uh, sample sample that's of wild. that. It's so. a it's a good thing Carson Wentz didn't go to the Saints in <laughs> hindsight. Right, yeah. It really is. I'm I'm forever grateful that he did not go to the Saints. <laughs> oh man, how things change, dude. Eagles fans are so ruthless. And yeah. um worst fans in the NFL. That that's what I hear. The worst like of all the sports everywhere. No um, one here is an Eagles fan, right? No, not not oh, here. We okay. If if I was I've never if met one, an Eagles fan I liked. If one of us <laughs> was an Yeah, if one of us was an Eagles fan and you said that we probably would have thrown the microphone yeah, at exactly. Just, <laughs> like you wouldn't have been leaving here <laughs> on aerosol. <laughs> Recorded for the whole world. Love it. Um so you do a lot of better freelance writing for a number of different sports outlets. Um, how do you feel about the way journalism is going as far as freelance writers goes compared to like how they used to have like writers on staff? Yeah, I think I like freelance writing because you're able to get your voice out there and you can kind of personalize whatever you want. Um, I've always preferred it. I've written for, you know, organizations before, um, 
kind of sucks, you know, because, you know, then you're banking on your, your editors actually publishing your work and not publishing somebody else's. Mm-hmm. It takes the politics out of it when you're a freelancer. Um, you can say what you want when you want, and then you get 100% of the revenue for it. Um, right. Which is nice. If they buy it. Right. I don't freelance as much anymore. Um, now that I'm, I have a full-time job and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really committed and all that good stuff. And, um, you know, married life, you don't, you don't have much time. I don't yeah. have much time to freelance, especially anymore. with a kid on the way. Right. Um, I really focused more on my podcast. I think that's where I move more people. Um, writing, writing, especially I can only really speak for the sports industry, but it's really just like you have to clickbait almost. And I feel like that doesn't go with, with my persona. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really over the past like year and a half, two years, I've really tried to like distance myself from like clickbaity stuff to like really just, you know, like who who do I want to be as a person? Who do I want my son to like emulate? You know, and it's going to be, you know, being positive, being the having media, some integrity, having integrity, not clickbaiting people. You know, not getting people to click on an article because of a borderline lie of a headline. Yeah, lie of a headline, whatever the case is. But you see, freelancers still do it, and mm-hmm. they do well because of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I won't lie. That is going to be your money maker because all press is good press. Whenever you're a freelance writer, um, you know, if you get them to click on your article, especially if it's multiple pages and you space it out right, and you get a, you get a, you basically you get a view per page of your article. So if you have a five page article, you're getting five views of someone clicking through it. Um, so in the sports industry, if you want to predict free agent landing spots and you know all of that, and you separate them by pages, that's a little hack right there to get five easy views. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't I don't see a problem with those kind of articles, but I think the ones that like you know I really have issues with in freelance is like the people that'll be like, this person says this person's going here, and then they'll have like a, like four different NFL players, and you have to click on it, and then it's just like just kidding, like nobody's yeah, going anywhere. What, you know? what about the ones like I don't click on them anymore, but the, the, the like spammy articles you see on mainly Facebook where it's like you won't believe what so and so did along with twenty five other people and then you click on it and it's either like the twenty fifth one or it's just not on there at yeah. all. And that just makes me furious. Yeah. That's exactly what freelancing is kinda nowadays. I love I love freelancers who do it the right way. Um but man, like it's they're few and far between, you know. Um, most of them these days. I mean, it's it's a grind to be a freelancer. I mean, you have to do it all by yourself, um, and so that's where it's tough. And so you have to generate revenue somehow, especially the people who do it to literally provide for their families. And don't get me wrong, you know, if I was freelancing and that was my job, I would do absolutely anything I had to do to provide for sure. my family, even if it means clickbait. Um, but thankfully. You know, I'm out of time in my life where I don't have to do that. Heck but yeah. I don't hate the hustle of anybody, that's for sure. Right. Um, can't knock the hustle. I, I can knock the game, though. And I feel like mm-hmm. um, a lot of times in freelance, like sports writing, news writing, anything like that, um, we even did a show about this a while ago, um, how I was seeing a bunch of inflammatory articles saying how they wanted to give children like bariatric surgery and drugs as part of these new health guidelines to fight obesity. And we read through like six articles and then we read through like the source material, like the actual research paper. And it was all just like super inflammatory headline. Then like, eh, not really so much. You know, it, we're, we're kind of talking about this, but we're not doing big things. And then we read the actual thing and it's like, oh, well, they're talking about this as a last resort. And everybody's making it sound yep. like we're going straight to bariatric surgery for five-year-olds mm-hmm. that are overweight. And that's all there is to it because... This is America, man. Yeah. 
everybody loves that sensationalism. It's crazy. Like you'll literally, I mean, and you see it all the time and just anything really. I mean, you'll like hear somebody third hand mention something and then that'll be the headline, you know, right. like somebody will just be like, yeah, you know, I once really liked cherries, but you know, that's like my last resort fruit. You know, I really love apples and strawberries, but the headline is going to be, oh my gosh, this person loves cherries. Now that's like the most dumb like thing ever. Yeah, but no. like, you know, it's like the same thing. Exactly. You know? Like they will leave out the most important context, you know, with headlines and it's just like just to grab attention. And it's like, it's, it's shitty. You know? It's it's unfortunate. And I feel like nobody really enjoy. I mean, you're getting clicks and views and stuff, but your reader is not happy about it. And you're not like growing an actual following. You're, yeah just an annoying dude if anybody even reads who your name is like yeah. the way that you're actually going to gain a following and get people who want to read your stuff is by writing quality shit yeah you know what i mean and producing like a good show good writing good whatever and then like you know with the way things are today i feel like it's so available for people to who do generate a following because of their quality work such as yourself with your instagram and all the other stuff you got going on to like figure out how to do that in a way that serves them and serves the people and are able to, you know, do you, like turn a profit, even though that's not like the big thing, but it, it's a lot. I guess what I'm saying is the barrier to entry is much, much lower yeah. to like open a website or to buy some podcast gear or to host your show or whatever compared to in the past when that was when the only like media outlet was like, ESPN or Sports Illustrated or yeah. CNN or whatever news company you were trying to affiliate with. Yeah, most definitely. I definitely think, you know, getting your voice out there, whatever way it is, if it's positive, get it out there, you know, because there's we need more of it for sure. Definitely. Um, you know, so got to do it. Got to do, do it. Got to keep grinding, dude. And I think that the, having catch a, them all. Gotta, <laughs> you know it, dude. <laughs> you know it. And, uh, just having a podcast and being able to surround yourself with other people is just like such a positive thing in our yeah. lives. And it looks like it's been very impactful for you as well. Yeah, it has. I, I wouldn't trade, you know, my podcasting journey for anything really. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, yeah, I love it. I love every day that I do a podcast. I need to do them more often. Um, I've done like three this month and I just love them. Yeah. Um, do you have any, are there any upcoming names in the in the draft this month that we gotta be looking out for? You talk to anybody? I usually don't keep anything in my drafts. I usually just uh, I usually just upload them as soon as I record them. Um, I've definitely been talking to some people. Um, Vince Papali um, from the movie Invincible mm-hmm. that has uh, Mark Wahlberg in it. Um, I talked to him a lot of, a little bit recently. We had one planned for like a year and a half ago, but it fell through. So we're we're trying to get that one going. Um, especially after the incredible year the Eagles had. Um, and then we're going to, let's see, I have a few more draft prospects on the horizon. I also have a few XFL guys who are probably going to be NFL guys coming up. Um, potentially, I'm trying to think. I don't know. We'll see. Potentially a Taylor Heineke. Um, he's a good one. Just signed with the Atlanta Falcons. I've recently been working with this agency. Um I made a good connection with them, um, and 
you know, they're hitting me with some guys who are just, you know, down to do press stuff. And I'm like, sick. Um, he's also the same person who represents Patrick Mahomes. Wow. Um, so a few years down the road, you know, he didn't rule out the possibility of me being able to talk to Patrick Mahomes. So that would be so huge. I would cry. I, 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 we have like fantasy guests every now and then like, oh, if we could ever get this person on the podcast, we would be, we'd be set. You know yeah. what I mean? I couldn't do Patrick Mahomes. The first thing I'd tell him <laughs> is that I hate him. <laughs> I don't think I could hate Patrick Mahomes if I wanted to. No, he's a really good guy. It's annoying that he's a Kansas City Chief, and I will say that every day as a Raiders fan. <laughs> I, can, I can see that. Tell the people where they can find your stuff. Yeah, uh, the Michael Balco Show is the name of the podcast. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts at um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Hit that follow on Spotify. Um, as far as me personally, you can find my Twitter at Michael Balco Jr. Instagram is Michael.Balco. Heck yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. I got one more question for you. Hit him. And hopefully this doesn't get you trending negatively on Twitter again. (laughs) But I need to know. You're the Saints guy. Give me me a projection. What's their record this year? Oh, I think we're winning the NFC South. Um, I think I could see 11 to 12 wins. Um, you know, we're looking at the Carolina Panthers is probably our biggest competition. You know, they have the number one overall pick, um, but that doesn't always translate to immediate success. I think the Panthers are going to be really damn scary in the next, you know, three to five years. Um, as far as this year, I think if there is a year that the Saints need to like genuinely win the damn division and make a run, it needs to be this year because next year it's probably going to be the Panthers or the Falcons two rebuilding teams. Um, I think we win the South. Um, I think we maybe get 11 or 12 wins. It really just depends. Our schedule seems pretty easy on the surface. Obviously, this is before the draft and before some still some really big names have, have found landing spots. Um, I think we win the South 11 to 12 wins. I think the Panthers maybe finish second. I think the Falcons finish third, and I think the Bucks finish last. Um, the Bucks are in a complete just tear it all down. If you have Baker Mayfield as your starting quarterback, that's never a good thing. So. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody out there who listened. Thank you to all our sponsors. If anybody else wants to be a sponsor, hit us up. Slide into those DMs. All of our Patreon supporters, you guys are the best. If you really like this show and you want to give back to us for all the enjoyment and entertainment you've had, hit us up on Patreon. All the links are below in the description. We love you guys. Peace. Peace.